0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Splatsportation, my channel where I share my thoughts on extreme horror, splatterpunk, indie underground horror, all the nasty, gory, violent stuff that I love to read. As part of my podcast series this year, I'm looking to interview authors in and around the genres, and joining me today, I have Megan Stockton, so welcome to the show, Megan. Well,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: It's nice to get to chat to you. You're someone who I feel like I've chatted to before, but we haven't. Oh. I think because i've had calvin on the show a few times and your name always comes up i feel like we've just spoke when yeah yeah this would be the first chance um <laughs> uh, so yeah just i normally kick off the uh the interview just by asking um when you first got something published like i originally started asking people when they started writing but the answer is always when they were like two or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah what was the first thing you got published and
1: Um, The first thing I published was Ethic, um, which is out of print right now, but it's like a dystopian thriller kind of thing. It's got horror elements and it's pretty brutal, but uh, yeah. And I published that, I think, in 2018 or 19, I believe.
0: So you've been doing it a little while now, not like ages, ages, but a few years.
1: Right. Yeah, I tried to do like... traditional publishing before that. Like I had, I had that completed and I had another, like a a more traditional horror novel completed. And I tried to go that traditional route, you know, and it obviously never panned out for me. And I stumbled into self-publishing with ethics. So that was kind of my Guinea pig. So yeah.
0: Was it, um, was self-publishing kind of what you expected or was it just like a kind of means to an end when it happened?
1: Uh, when i When I first did it, it was just because that was the only way I felt like I could get my work out there. um and it was so accessible because i I used Amazon's platform, and yeah. it was a huge learning curve, you know, like i I learned a whole lot just between that book and the second book. Um, but I way prefer at least what I imagine traditional publishing would be like, I'm so glad that that didn't work out for me, honestly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah I never really looked into that route like I was um script writing before I started writing books and Mm -hmm. like i had gone like 20 years and had like one short in the cinema and barely anything made so the idea of just waiting around again just never really appealed. Yeah yeah. So it was just kind of like yeah like I'll learn self-publishing and like you said that first book like (laughs) you have to learn a lot. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I didn't even have a copyright page in Epic when I printed it the first time. I was like, I have to do that. Like,
0: they <laughs> just would
1: do it for me, I guess. But yeah, so some I've learned a lot, and I'm still learning. You know, you, you know, as I go. So it's it's been an experience, but I'm I'm glad it worked out that way. Like I really am. I feel like I honestly feel like traditional publishing's kind of dying. I feel like indie publishing's the future, self publishing and indie presses.
0: Yeah, so. yeah. I always look at it like. Um... I imagine, like I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't looked into big publishing, but I would have thought you have to do a similar amount of work, really. Like, yeah, not find your own editor or cover designer, but as far as kind of marketing goes,
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: you've got to do a fair bit yourself. So,
1: yeah.
0: if you're going to have to learn all of that, then you might as well put it into your own work,
1: exactly, and maintain control over like the actual products yeah. too, because I imagine they have certain parameters and certain ideas about what's appropriate content and stuff like that, and yeah. that you know that way you don't have to worry about being censored or whatever
0: yeah yeah I don't want any of these censor readers going through my work at the moment
1: no, no not me either
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah um you seem to someone as well who's kind of skipped genres a bit would I be right in saying that it seems like you've covered a few different things like
1: yeah, I just, uh, I just write whatever I want. Um, so I write for myself first. That way I'm never disappointed, you know, cause, uh, I mean, it's, it's probably smarter to write to market, you know, like you find what people like of yours and you stick to that. I guess probably I would sell more books if I did that. Um, but I figure people will come back and read whatever I write cause it's me instead of the genre. Yeah. So, or at least that's my hope anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah I just, There's so much I want
0: to dabble in, you know? I think that kind of trend chasing is dangerous though, isn't it? Like much like making a film, writing a book's not, for most people, it's not something you can do in a couple of weeks or a month. Right, yeah. I know some people can, but for a lot of people, it's a commitment writing a book. And yeah, if you're constantly chasing trends, writing books for that, then, you know, by the time you get one out, it could be out of day or you can just- you know, it could be kind of just weighing by that point or too many other people have piled in and you've just written something that didn't really interest you, but yeah. You know,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's dangerous that I think yeah, it you could be much for sure. Better, yeah. You and must there's not enough like heart there. in
1: it, you know, like no. not always enough. Yeah, I mean, I think you can I really feel like you can feel that, you know, when like somebody's oh, just writing yeah. it because it's a, a cash grab or whatever.
0: Yeah. So Oh yeah, I think even if you can't consciously feel that sweet in your back of your mind, it just yeah. knows like they didn't put everything into this, like
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah, and it's like you said it's a lot more fun to write for yourself, right? Like it's 'cause you're writing something like you want to write. It's just a more enjoyable experience.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And I think the reader can tell that as well, can't they? Like they're no if it's a book that you've written or that you really wanted to put out or something that you've just yes. been like. Oh, people like Dino horror at the moment. I'll write that.
1: Yeah. I feel like you can I feel like you can. You get in it and you're like, this was so much fun. And you feel like they were having fun when they were writing it. So I've yeah. felt that way a lot of times when I've read a book. I was like, that was just it was just a, yeah. a ride, you know, you're just along for it. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> you're imagining the author just opened away way, <laughs> cackling their head <laughs> off, like
1: <laughs> Exactly. It's like fear and loathing, and you're just yeah. <laughs> just hanging out. It's like this is backcountry, okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, so yeah, I think the first book I read of yours was Blue Jay, which I think is probably a bit different from the rest of your work. Uh, a bit more extreme, perhaps.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, how'd that come about? Were you just kind of did you just have an idea and you were going for it, or were you like I want to try my hand at extreme horror? Like, what was the appeal uh, for that one?
1: That's actually it. Was actually a an interesting story. Um. I had just joined a, uh, I got invited to like a writer's group. There were just like four of us in there. Um, And we all kind of were like, well, we'll just support each other. We'll meet once a month on Zoom or whatever. and We'll read each other's works in progress. And I had written a bunch of uh, short stories for anthologies and a lot of them were more extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was afraid I couldn't market myself with a longer work as an extreme horror author. I didn't know if anybody would like give me a chance. Um, cause I was already kind of like treading water with my regularly public, my traditional horror stuff or whatever, horror adjacent stuff. Um, and in my writer's group, I started sharing portions of the early draft of Blue Jay and they loved it. Mm-hmm. And so that honestly, if I hadn't been in that group, I don't know if I would have had the courage to push it. And like, I sent it to DNT and they published it, of course, um, but I, I love extreme horror, like as far as like a reader and I love to write it. I have a lot of fun when I write it. Um, so I'm glad it worked out so I can do more.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> Were the people in the group, were they extreme horror writers or was it all different genres? Uh,
1: they were all horror authors. A um, couple of them dabbled in extreme. Joshua McMillan, um, okay, he okay. was... He was in there, and I actually think he was working on Death House when we were that's in that group.
2: That's so. <laughs> his
1: Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, um, that's what he was working on. And then uh, Gage Greenwood was in the chat. Of course, he does more like your genre blending, you know,
2: mm.
1: um, that kind of thing. And I can't remember what he was working on at the time. And then Jay Mazer, she does a lot of like really nasty shit. And <laughs> I love Jay. And she was in there and um there we had peter marsh who isn't published yet but he's a he's a great author he doesn't do a lot he does more like fantasy usually but he loves yeah. horror as well so we have like a great spread and we they're just the greatest people so
0: how did that really come about then are you all kind of local to each other or was it just kind of a call for like a writers It group? was
1: it was pure chance um pete's actually the one who put the group together well he commented in a group and he's like i really want to put like a just a we do sprints you know writing sprints together and yeah i just commented and the other couple of people did too and we we were the only ones that responded so <laughs> yeah. we got our awkward little group and we like struck gold like it was it was an amazing little group we did don't you, meet as much anymore but
0: did you do the writer sprints on zoom were you kind of like with each yeah other we did
1: we did like a facebook chat or you know the video chat on Facebook yeah. yeah and we would get together and we sometimes we'll set a timer for 15 or 20 minutes and just see what we can get written in that time frame mm-hmm. or we'll talk shop it was it's yeah. it's encouraging it's very motivating because writing can be so lonely you know
0: mm. yeah um, I used to do a little bit of it in script writing there was like a London script festival they had a, yeah. a writer's sprint every like Sunday morning yeah. possibly during like COVID times just so people could actually kind of see other writers in a way and yeah. yeah I always found it really interesting but I'd never really I'd kind of spoken about it with someone about doing it kind of through my splat exploitation thing but yeah, yeah I didn't really know people had kind of done it too often Like it's quite interesting
1: yeah you, sh- you should do it because it's been I mean there were times where I was just stuck because I'm kind of an emotional writer I guess I'm a little flotty like if I'm not in a good headspace I'm not going to get anything done yeah and uh, it it was just you get with those people and they were really encouraging and they were excited about what you were doing and you were excited about what they were doing and it was just it was just a really nice vibe and so i loved it
0: are you somebody who writes when you're kind of happier then is that like
1: i'm not happy very often i
0: have
1: (laughs) it's awful um i just i'm really busy all the time so i feel like i'm stressed out constantly and i do writing is sometimes cathartic for me. Like I do sometimes do it in order to get negative emotions out or to let off some steam, you know, or to have yeah. fun without going somewhere. Um, I do a lot of like bizarro type stuff when I'm like really down. Cause it just, it lifts me up and I have a lot of fun <laughs> with it and, and enjoy it. Um, but I ha- I really have to be just, it should, everything has to be just right yeah. or I just, I just can't get a lot done.
0: Are you able to kind of like, um, capitalize on it when it is right now? Like when it's feeling I, good, are you like I can get a lot done.
1: Yeah. I hadn't written, um, in probably two weeks, This is like several months ago, I I probably went two weeks without writing much. I might've written, you know, like four or 500 words in that two week period. Like I just couldn't get anything hmm. down. And then I had like a manic episode, I guess, and wrote 6,800 words in an afternoon. <laughs> so yeah. and they weren't bad like they were they were decent <laughs> so yeah. it just it just I just kind of have to ride it
0: you know yeah yeah, I get that occasionally so it's like yeah you just gotta it's like no it has to get done today otherwise who the fuck knows when it's gonna happen again
1: <laughs> yeah exactly you have to <laughs> have to everybody needs to leave me alone it goes somewhere else I gotta ride, <laughs> and they're fine with that they get it
0: so <laughs> so I haven't read the book but it was um you and uh, Joshua working together. Did that come through that group?
1: Uh, yeah, Josh had messaged me. Um, I think he had said that like his editor ha- had mentioned maybe that he should try a collaboration or something like that. And he had messaged me and was like, I have this. I guess novelette idea like he had partially. I think he had actually written the ho- most of the novelette there. Um, and he wanted me to just kind of look at it and see what I thought about it. And, uh, I really liked it, really liked the story. And I was like, do you care if I kind of go through this and just add to it? And mm-hmm. he said, that would be fine. And I went through and then it turned into a novella and we went back through it again and we decided we wanted to do a novel. Um, we ended up putting out, uh, the one that's out now, um, as its own novella, but, we're going to probably pull that and release like the full thing, which includes like, it's like 15 or 20 years later. I can't remember. Um, And have this as more like an opening at the beginning, Um, which I think is probably what we should have done in the first place, but I guess we were a little overly excited to release it.
0: (laughs) So it wasn't a planned collaboration then you just kind of stumbled into it?
1: yeah he just he was like what do you think about this and then before I don't even think we agreed to do it we were just doing it so (laughs) and it was fine it was fun it was enjoyable I like writing with other people um it's motivating for me too because somebody's keeping me honest you know um I don't do well with deadlines and stuff but if I have a deadline I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done (laughs) and so that helps that helps a lot
0: yeah I'm procrastinating at the moment on something for an anthology it's like if it was my, I wouldn't care, but when it's other people's, I'm like, no, I need to get this done.
1: Yeah, same here. Can't let nobody down. <laughs> no. <So.
0: laughs> yeah, I don't mind letting myself down, but not other people.
1: Yeah, same.
0: So, how did um things come about with Calvin for the uh, latest book that came out then?
1: Um, honestly, I think it was kind of the same way. Uh, he had messaged me the idea. It was his idea. I don't come up with any ideas. It was it was his idea, and he messaged me about it, and I was like, "That's an awesome idea." And he, I think he had originally thought about it being an anthology, if I'm not mistaken, like having people submit rooms. Yeah, I could see how that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I. I don't know, I kind of suggested, I was like, you know, we had kind of talked about eventually we would like to collaborate on something. And I was like, if you're willing to be patient with me, because I'm I'm slow as balls (laughs) and I'm happy to like ride it with you. And uh, he was very gracious and waited. I was so slow, Um, but we got it all done and had a good time. So We'll probably do something else together eventually. Something in a more, probably more traditional format, but we may revisit this setting as well. So oh, we'll okay. see. Yeah.
0: yeah, I read it the other day. I really enjoyed it. And and I couldn't tell, despite you two having two wildly different styles, I could not yeah. tell who's. Yeah, was we seeing. tried
1: to blend them there together. So it, it, we did a pretty good job kind of making it seamless or trying to yeah. make it seamless. So,
0: Yeah, you told me the other day when we were speaking on the show <laughs> that you kind of kind of flipped between each other's work you would go over each other's Mm -hmm. stories and stuff and
1: yeah and that's how I prefer to do it I I know a lot of people like to do you know like they'll do um alternating points of view or you do this chapter and i do that chapter um but like when I was working with Josh and that was my first like really intimate collaboration you know uh, I told him I was like we just need to like play in each other's paint so like anything you've written I'll go through and you go through anything I've written and it becomes this third voice and I think it's just I think it's so much nicer that way uh, yeah. I like it a lot so
0: yeah I don't know how I'd handle that like I'm not precious <laughs> about my words it'd be more I'd be worried about stepping on someone's toes
1: well that's just like something you just and i I've, I told both of them when I started working with them you know if i suggest something and you don't like it it's not going to hurt my feelings Mm. or if you know if I've got something in there that you don't like feel free to be like hey this doesn't work for me or whatever because at the end of the day it's going to have your name on it too so you got to make sure we're we're both happy and honestly anybody that you're collaborating with if you've decided to collaborate with that person you're probably comfortable enough I feel like to kind of you know go back and forth but that's the beauty of it is and we did more than one pass, even on each other's stuff, and always read back over what the other one did to make sure we locked it. And so,
0: yeah, I mean the end result speaks for itself. So it clearly worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was totally engaged on that one. I was kind of, kind of like the fact that it just started off as this morality tale almost. I was like, oh, this is yeah. like some kind of fairy tale, book, but then got a bit <laughs> got a that bit more weird. grim fairy tale, buddy. <laughs> yes,
2: <end>. yes.
1: <laughs>
0: Awesome. Uh, what have you, um, been working on at the moment, slowly working on, on, on yesterday?
1: Yeah, slowly. Well, I just released, um, Lovely Dark and Deep on the 9th, I think. Um, and that was another one, like, I'll be totally honest. I set a pre-order date on Kindle and hmm. wasn't, wasn't done almost. <laughs> so I had to buckle down and, uh, get there, get, you know, get it ready so my editor could go through it and whatever. um, so I just got that one done and I have a kind of collaborative project that I've got to submit something for this month. Right. Um I think it's still kind of secret. I don't know. But <laughs> I got to send I got to send that to them and then I've got a couple of anthology things and then I'm off to my next longer work. Yeah. I've got nearly 20,000 words on like a haunted house ghost story uh, thing. Yeah. And then I've got two um well one extreme horror thing and one bizarro thing that'll be like novellas i hope to get out this year if i can
0: so plenty on the slate then
1: yeah always
0: <laughs> i wonder if the anthology thing is the same thing as me then because mine's gonna be done by the end of this month as well.
2: maybe
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> so you're looking to go back and try your hand at another extreme one then
1: yeah, uh DNT actually has one from me that's releasing in June or July. I can't remember that is extreme. Um mm. it's it's a lot more torture porn than anything. Um your point of view character has zero redeeming qualities. There's no character development <laughs> <laughs> and and you want you probably don't want him to survive. So uh good, good. yeah, it's it's it was fun. It was it it was interesting so that one comes out in June or July and then I've got um another one called Pink Neon that I hope to come out in the fall slash winter so and yeah. that one will be pretty extreme too.
0: Were you a fan of the kind of torture porn movies in the early 2000s and as Blue Jay's got that vibe too?
1: Yeah yeah I, I remember seeing Hostel in the theaters um yeah. and it was like the first movie I had seen black, like. In, you know, in public <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I remember walking out and I was like, I hope it's like this for like ever. And it wasn't, you know, <laughs> but but yeah, I really enjoyed it. But I just wish that there, we would have gotten more of like the, the characters and and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I really, really liked that that era of film.
0: Yeah, I was a big fan too. I think yeah. Near Death, my book is kind of straight from like uh, Eli Roth's sort of early work like that. Yeah, yeah big inspiration for that yeah yeah i don't know it's an interesting era of cinema that i think translates well to books like obviously torture porn a so, visual yeah. genre but i think yeah. you can really get into it when you write it because I mean, you can be uh, I think... more nasty really
1: because exactly. you don't have to worry about an actor exactly yeah no i i agree completely and i think that um some of the most cinematic books that i have read have been like extreme horror splatterpunk stuff you know uh mm-hmm i feel like they just lend themselves to being cinematic on the page
0: yeah i think so yeah i definitely kind of watching it in my head while i'm reading it yeah
1: yeah that's how i am when i'm writing it too a lot of times i'll do like my chapters almost like scenes you know yeah um yeah yeah. so i feel like that like it works well
0: i'm terrible when i review books i always call them scenes i still can't call them chapters even after two (laughs) years i'm like oh and then (laughs) this scene and in the third act (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah no, no I, I know exactly what you mean and my husband he's an indie filmmaker he does like yeah. low to no budget stuff and he when he reads something he's always looking at it like it's yeah. it's a film like every yeah. time
0: <laughs> you do you got to. like i've yeah i was you know writing film scripts for about 20 years before i got into this so everything in my head is you yeah. know it's a different format it's just yeah like it I can write it better if I can see how it plays out like
1: it's... yeah yeah that's that's something that he actually hates from me is because I'll write his scripts for his films and his short films and I can't put them in that format I just can't do it and so yeah. I've got like all these like lines and it drives him insane <laughs> like <laughs> uh, he just has to take what he can get
0: oh wait, well, you don't kind of like pull it into final draft and do a proper script or anything <laughs> No, no it's,
1: just line. it's just lines.
0: Yeah, no, that would drive me mad as well. I feel free. <laughs> he, <him.
1: laughs> he, he, can't, he can't stand it. And I'm like, if you want the script, this is how you get it.
0: I used to have people send me scripts and they'd be like, oh, can you read this and give me your opinion? And it'd be like a block of text. No. i like, no, I can't do that. You're going to have to do something with it first.
1: Um, he always formats it after I give it to him. Uh, but, yeah, I just can't do it. I've tried. And so I'll always, anytime I've tried, I'll start off kind of formatted correctly and then it just yeah. well, I'll, lo- I'll lose it
0: as i go yeah. it's tough because the tense is completely different as well like
1: yeah
0: adapting it either way like i've adapted a couple of my own scripts into books and it's a pain in the ass it was so much easier to write something from scratch than it is to adapt something. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, c- I can imagine yeah.
0: what came first with um quite pretty things did you write a book first on that one or was it a screenplay initially
1: so I had, he, we were wanting to try something we could, we actually filmed that in less than seven days of principal filming. Um, mm. And we were looking for something that we could kind of come up with pretty quickly. And I had a large portion of the novel done, um, but I didn't have it completely written yet. Yeah. And I I ended up taking just, Quentin's point of view, basically, and turning that into kind of a script that we could do in like an hour and a half. Um, So we had to cut out so much. I started with the sixth murder. The movie starts with the sixth murder (laughs) and we kind of went from there. So you don't get all of that, like, cool stuff with the other characters because they're very important. Because I don't really feel like it's Quentin's story necessarily. He was just the easiest one to follow from start to finish for obvious reasons. Um. And then after we finished the film, I had finished the novel by the time we were done filming. Right. So I, I had a limited hardcover we sent out as a perk of people who pre-ordered the movie and stuff. So it was it was fun.
0: Yeah, it must have been difficult adapting that, like, because the book is different perspectives each chapter, right? Like you haven't got that yeah. single voice yeah. in the book.
1: Yeah, it was. We you basically just follow. Quentin, you haven't seen the film, have you?
0: No, I've seen the trailer, but not the movie. No. Uh,
1: you basically just follow Quentin, and we had to. You had to cut out so much, and uh, like I said, we filmed it in less than seven days, so that was. Oh. It was very running, you know, run and gun, and just, you know, it was. But it was it was fun. If oh, we'd had there. more time, I feel like it could have. Oh yeah, it was. Of course, we're <laughs> always operating on like, you know, the like. Very little budget because everything's out of pocket, you know. So that was interesting. Um, Probably the, honestly, the coolest part was uh, in the book, there's a dam and that's where the book actually ends is at at a dam, you know, an old reservoir, Lake Levy. Um, I found one about two hours away from here that they were renovating and turning into a uh, distillery. Mm -hmm. And they they were just running like uh, haunted tours through it. And I convinced the lady to let us use it. And that's where we yeah. filmed the final scene. We actually got to film it at, at the oh, dam. No. So that was So that, that was wasn't a lot of one fun. of
0: those things where you had access to it already. So you incorporated it into the film. No, I, I
1: was like, I, I wish we could find one of these. And I did. And it was just, it was great. So it just worked out perfectly. So that was probably the coolest part.
0: Did that make you um, change anything in the book seeing that dam where you were you kind of like, oh, I'm going to make it look more like this or? Had you already the, kind of written it, and we're fine with it.
1: The only thing that I changed was because um, he I already knew, like no spoilers, but I knew how the book was going to end. Yeah, and I knew it was going to end at the dam. Um, but when we got there, and we ended up, we ended up filming on the roof because it was just the scenery was beautiful, and it was just it was really yeah. cool. Um, so. In the book, initially, they never went out onto the roof. It was all right. interior. interior, um, And so I actually did write in the roof portion specifically. That's I changed cool. the setting of the final scene to the roof versus just being inside. So. Nice. Otherwise, though, it didn't really affect the path of the novel at all, I don't think.
0: That's cool. Yeah, it was a fantastic book. I had a great time reading it. Thank you. Chatting Thank about you. it with Calvin on one of the old kind of book podcasts. So, done. Yeah.
1: yeah that's my it's my favorite book child I think and it's my least read like I it's so hard to get people to pick it up
0: it's always the way my favorite book's my least read like everyone I talk to their favorite book's their least read
1: I don't know why that is it upsets me
0: it's it's a weird (laughs) yeah it's weird it just happens to most I don't know why like
1: yeah
0: but yeah no, I was yeah like I said, I think mean, most people I've spoken to, their favourite book that they've written is either their worst seller or nowhere near their best. Like,
1: well, maybe we feel
0: bad for it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll just pretend next time. I'll be like, nah, I hate this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch the sales tick over nicely. <laughs> um. So, what do you um? What do you tend to write on? What's your kind of process with that?
1: Uh, I'm a bundle of chaos. I don't really have a good like methodology or anything. I write whenever I have time,
2: Yeah,
1: like, you know, or I try to write whenever I have time. So I'll sit down and at least give it an effort, you know, and see what I can do. I use, um, I write lots of notes. Like if I see I'm really bad to like be out in public and I'll see like a mannerism of a person or, um, I'll think of a line of dialogue or I'll think of you know a description or a metaphor or something and I'll put it in the notes on my phone or yeah, I'll text myself.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so uh, I do a lot of that and then um I get most of my writing done at night, of course, because I have two kids and they're 10 and seven. And yeah, so
0: no chance of early evening.
1: <laughs> no, and uh they're home we started homeschooling them in August, so that's been it bites even more into my time, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, just whenever I can get some done, I try not to have like a word limit. If I get anything done, I'm happy, and uh, I don't outline or anything. Uh, I wish I did, but I just can't do it. The organization—I don't have an organ, organized bone in my body. So <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I had, could do like I know some people do the like little index cards and stuff.
0: Yeah. I I'm can't. terrible for I outline everything. I-
1: I wish I could. I think I would, maybe I could get more done or something, but I don't, I just have to write it. And I never know when it's going. I'm just, you know, the characters are in control of it. As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. I always think, I always think I know. And then (laughs) it's not what happens.
0: (laughs) No, I leave room for flexibility, but I need to know where I'm going. I find it easier to sit down and know what I'm going to write. We're obviously like some other people out there have been very successful at doing it just love to sit down with a blank page and go on an adventure and, and yeah. see I don't
1: write yeah. like uh line- like linearly or consecutively either so like sometimes I'll write like like on this last one I just finished it was 35 chapters the last chapter I wrote was chapter like 20 right. um because if I'm if I'm feeling a different chapter I'm not going to make myself you know go down the line in order i'll just skip to that scene and write that chapter or whatever and sometimes that makes it hard at the end when i if something changes that i didn't expect it and i have to like mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. That <laughs> end, yeah that, <laughs> that 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 can be a pain but uh otherwise yeah i just listen a very emotional writer i just write whatever i'm feeling at the time and and sometimes i know like that the general story you know That's sometimes i know
0: you yeah, have and sometimes an I do. Idea. If you can, if you can chapter skip, you must have a kind of a larger sometimes, picture in your head.
1: Sometimes I do. And like the the one that I'm about to work on, the Haunted House story, I thought I knew where I was going with it, as far as like, I, I thought, well, this is kind of the events that'll occur and this is kind of the end. But now that I've gotten like 20,000 words into it, I actually think what I thought was the end is just a turning point for the second portion of the book so it's a nightmare (laughs) I don't know what we're doing anymore (laughs) so we'll see
0: do you ever kind of have a word count in mind or do you just not limit yourself at all
1: no I don't um I know a lot of people you know they'll aim for a novel or they're you know whatever I I don't really care if it if it ends up 20,000 words it's fine or if it ends up you know quite pretty things was 80,000 yeah and then Blue Jay's like I think Blue Jay's is my shor- – no, the one coming out in June is probably my shortest, and I think it's 30,000 or something, maybe barely 30,000. Do you think that's so I,
0: partly genre, low? Like extreme horror works incredibly well with novella length and quite a few things you could not make 30,000 words. It wouldn't have the same impact.
1: <laughs> I really try to keep my extreme horror stuff shorter because I do feel like um, – I feel like they, I, I just do feel like it lends itself to being bite-sized, you know. Mm. Um, so I try not to linger anywhere too long when I'm when I'm writing them for sure. Um, but I could absolutely probably churn out a sixty or seventy thousand word extreme horror novel if I thought before you know. the story was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, you know, quite pretty things too. Had like five different povs, and so you're telling. Yeah. five tiny stories you know in that so there's that too and so I think the amount of point of views also impacts that a lot
0: did you have that idea of just kind of structuring quite pretty things that way or did that just come about within the writing
1: um I have always kind of leaned towards preferring alternating points of view and I don't really know why mm. uh, when I first started writing longer works and I mean when I was like very young I kind of I kind of wrote in your typical like omnipotent or whatever point of view you know where mm. you, you kind of kind of know a little bit of everybody's thoughts and mm. you follow just like the group or the single character um and then I wrote ethic, I really needed to tell you both stories and those characters were in two different places
0: mm-hmm.
1: and eventually come back together at the end so that was my first experience with an alternating point of view and I was hooked on it. And so <laughs> almost everything I've written since then, unless um, unless there's just that singular character, you know, uh, yeah. has been alternating points of view. I just feel like I like to give a fuller story and I love you getting to see situations from all kinds of different, yeah. you know, minds, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the opposite of that. I do like to kind of omniscient sort of-
1: Yeah.
0: I like just being able to go off on a tangent about something that- yeah. The character might yeah. not know about. Like,
1: yeah. It, there, there are pros and cons to to that for sure, and there yeah. are times that I'm like, I wish that I could tell the reader this, but I can't because you know yeah. there would be no way if you're yeah. following this character like you are. So yeah, I can, I can definitely see the benefit to that. Oh, <laughs>
0: well, it definitely goes both ways. My editor is constantly like deleting lines where I've gone into someone else's point of view halfway through a paragraph. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm like, man, yeah, I don't write first person. Otherwise, that would help there, but. I tried first person, too,
1: because I I, I, when I first started on Quite Pretty Things, I thought initially that I would do all of the points of view in third person and then Ryan's chapters being first person. Right. Uh, And I thought that could be a lot of fun. Um, And I started that way, but there was too much I wanted to tell you about him that he wouldn't tell you about him, if that makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) because he had this warped, you know, viewpoint on stuff. So I switched him to to third person, too.
0: Yeah. Well, this is a hard technique to do That I've seen, uh, I think it was Carver Pike's Kin of the Fallen done it and it was incredibly effective, but yes. I can imagine it being just so difficult or just like yes. if it goes wrong, it could probably really take a reader out of the story.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, I agree completely. And that story, he, Barber's an excellent author and that was a masterful one
0: yeah, but, yeah I, I hadn't really read something structured like that before where it was uh-huh. character point of view but then switching between first and third like
2: yeah
0: i was just like that would give me a headache trying to do that like, yes i, I imagine it would be very
2: through. difficult
0: <laughs> <you> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of the things i really liked about quite pretty thing you just reminded me here is that you introduced the bad guy really early and you didn't keep it a secret you didn't hide it you didn't I was like, Jesus, this book's got like another 400 pages and I already <laughs> yeah. know who the killer is.
1: Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, I, I've watched a lot and I'm I'm sure you can, I, you know, empathize with this a little bit. There's a lot of films that I watch where, you know, from like the opening sequence who yeah. the killer is, you know? And so it's not always, I feel like in some ways that it's more challenging to tell that story because so many people just, they just want to twist. Or they just want like... Yeah. The unexpected, but sometimes that, you know, you can tell a a really good story, a really engaging story, and there aren't any secrets anywhere, you know. Mm. Um, so that was kind of what I was trying to do there. Is like you know who he is, you know it, you know, every thought he's having and how he's finding his victims and everything. Um, so I kind of that was kind of I guess inspired too by some films, you know, knowing early on who, who
0: those people are i guess it's i mean the other way to look at it is uh i had an ex who her and her friend we'd be watching csi and within about a minute they'd be like it's him and i'd be like really like because i never fucking guess i'm hopeless at it <laughs> and it's like yeah then you're like well what's in it because if they're trying to hide who the killer is all the time yeah. and you've worked it out within a minute yeah. A lot of the drama's lost, where right. if you know who the killer is straight away, you're like, well, what the fuck are they doing this shit? Like, what's yes. their motive? Like, <laughs> Tell me some stuff about her. I'm like, well, I want to yes, know why yes. they're doing this. So it just, like you said, it it takes away an element of a twist, but it gives you something else to play with.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. And I feel like people are really hooked up. Readers are, like, really hooked on the twist, especially, like, your, like, thriller readers like you're really passionate thriller readers and uh they're pissed if they can guess it like it, yeah. if they, <laughs> and it was crazy because my a different book that this kind of affected was my novel and nobody knows it but me um hmm. is a very like it's very quiet horror it's very like grief-driven emotional horror and so many people were like, oh, I guessed the twist or I didn't guess the twist. And I'm like, what twist? Like, there <laughs> was no twist. And I thought I had like, I didn't have any red herrings. I thought I had sprinkled all the breadcrumbs. And, you know, I was kind of telling you, you know, who, because it's it's a werewolf book. I was kind of explaining who the werewolf was and everything. And people, some people were like angry because they guessed it. And I was like, that wasn't the point. <laughs> so sometimes I like just not having that like there yeah. is no twist
0: this is what this is <laughs> yeah I don't mind having a twist right at the end but yeah I don't think I've written anything that's too convoluted because yeah you've just got to yeah. constantly kind of structure yeah, I don't around it. that yeah it's just uh, it's a bit of a challenge so, but yeah like I said at the same time I was kind of like yeah like okay but I know who the killer is <laughs> like how's she going to do this but yeah it was just kind of riveted just learning a little bit about him and his personality and why he was behaving the way he was and just seeing the dynamic of him challenging Quentin you're like I wouldn't have got yeah. that normally if I didn't know who he was right, it would yeah. have just been some letter through the letterbox rather than then the next chapter him being like oh I posted a letter for his letterbox like,
1: <laughs> and he still exactly. didn't know
0: it's really like just gave you something different
1: Exactly. So there is no prize inside, but you know, you like I said you're offering them something else to to enjoy and kind of experience instead.
0: So Yeah. So have you kind of um ticked off the genres that you kind of enjoyed working with so far, or was there still quite a lot on your mind? Like are you oh, gonna do a gosh. fantasy or sci fi or anything like that?
1: I actually have an entire fantasy trilogy that's not published, but it's like pure fantasy. So that's another one of those. I don't think I can market it. Um, this is this
0: one of these six hundred words or six hundred oh, no, no. words? They're about, they're about
1: they're about one hundred and fifty, maybe maybe two hundred thousand each. So, they are pretty so big, not yeah. they're they're big, but they're not like you yeah. know. And honestly, if I published them, me and my editor could probably even tighten them up from from there, you
0: yeah.
1: know, make them a lot tighter.
0: How could you write that many words and sit on it though? Like?
1: Well, I wrote it over a really long. the the series over a really long period of time and I love fantasy like that's Mm -hmm. my second love in literature is is fantasy and I got it done and thought that I would publish it and then I was like there's it's gonna buy this like I don't know who to sell it to I don't know how to like put it out in the world I don't know how to engage Mm -hmm. with these people and the communities of like outside of the horror genre are not those are not my people like they're Mm -hmm. most of (laughs) them are not super friendly like it's crazy that Difference. I haven't looked into
2: that ever so
1: yeah oh, I mean all all of the the different genres like romance and you know your psychological thriller people and there's so many of them that are just not it's not not a good time so I'm intimidated by that so yeah, yeah. I sit on it they they just hang out there um and I don't have a whole lot of friends who read pure fantasy stuff so They just kind of hang out on my computer. Eventually I'll release them, but uh, I would like to do some like horror fantasy stuff maybe at some point. But I have a document in my Google Drive that's probably 20 pages of just ideas. And there are so many subgenres in there. (laughs) But, and some of them are crossovers, like, you know, there's multiple, I have multiple, like, space horror ideas that I really mm. want to do. <laughs> so eventually I'll do three that. more
2: space horror out there. Uh,
1: I've got some that uh, I'm so excited to work on, but I've got other stuff I have to get done first. Mm. And yeah. then there's, uh, I've got multiple, like, Western horror, like, splatter Western ideas that I'd like to do. Um, I've got a spinoff for quite pretty things that I hope to do next year. Oh, nice. Um. Yeah, it follows. Uh, Jules Brannan. He was like a very minor character. Um, but it follows I remember you saying him.
0: that. And then I was thinking, I can't remember who that is. He
1: he was in. He was only mentioned like twice. He was the cop that the kid brought the badge to, and right. then he was the the cop that was there when someone's wife dies. Um. Right.
0: So he was the one that was kind of like on the scene, on the edge when they turn up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so he's the awkward guy that nobody really likes because they all think he's right. weird. Um, which is a great so character
0: at all times. So.
1: He's he's a very interesting character. He's almost like my Will Graham, um, mm. sort of. Uh so that book is very different though, because I've already started on it because I'm a maniac and I like write little pieces of everything all the time. <laughs> and his The book's completely different than quite anything, so it's weird. I don't know how it will be received because it's got some weird like tones that I didn't expect. So, we'll we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. (laughs) But yes, I've got all kinds of random subgenres I hope to work in.
0: How do you um? How do you kind of go about choosing your next book? Then, if you've got that many ideas, is it just whatever you feel like, or have you got a set plan according to kind of how stuff's been going and what you think would do well next?
1: It's usually just whatever I feel like Um, this haunted house one that I'm doing next. I said I was going to do last year and Mm. didn't do it. Um, So it just, I try not to like, like do like the pre-order thing I did. I try not to do stuff like that because I don't know if I'll change my mind and I hate to force myself to write something that I'm not feeling, you know, So it's just like, surprise, you know, I don't know what's going to come out. You don't know what's going to come out. We'll just see what, you know, but those three things that I mentioned earlier, I'm pretty sure that I'll do this year because I feel I'm super excited about, about doing those and finishing those. And I've got pretty decent chunks written on them already. So hopefully that's where we
0: go. See, my pre-sales are always shit because I always, at the most they're pre sold for like a week because I will not put it up there until it's, Rein, the editor's giving it back to me. I've corrected it all. I've got the cover. Then I'm like, okay, how long can I sit on this now before I release it? And I'm like, well, there's no point sitting on it. Like the idea of setting a pre-sale date and then writing a book, I I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd be so nervous.
1: See, I should have had Lovely Dark and Deep. I set the pre- pre pre-sale to end or I set the release date for February 9th. And I probably did that in like November. And there was really no reason. That I shouldn't have had it done by then um Mm. but just I just couldn't I just I tried and I I was super excited about it it's not that I was like tired of the story or anything it was just getting in that mindset and having time and emotional energy to sit down and and write you know um do you think putting the day
0: on it helped or do you think putting the day on it hindered
1: I think it hindered I really do hmm. and I know that like I got it out you know by that date or whatever but I honestly think it's possible I could have had it done even before that had I not been stressing over it because I do that with yeah. anthology submissions I had like I submitted to a dozen or more uh well I had invites to a dozen or more anthologies last year and I will never do that again no, like I had several I have just, several, yeah. I just <laughs> I have don't several for this year so... already like I've got I've got a handful already but I'm trying to limit myself to like two or three a quarter you know like hmm. Because I could have gotten an entire novel done last year for yeah. all the invites that I did. And I love doing them because I love getting to work with all these people. And I love anthologies and short story collections. Like, love to read them. And so I want to be involved in all the things. But <laughs> I've got to, I gotta like, at some point I've got to learn some self-control because I'm 100% a yes man.
0: Uh, so see, I was like, oh, I'm only going to say yes to the people that are kind of like, I'm good friends with. And I'm like, I feel like I'm letting them down if I don't. And then they all asked me at the same time. I was like, Oh shit. Like yes, this is yes, a yes, month yes, and <laughs> a half worth of short story. Right. Yes.
2: About.
1: And I thought oh, like right? I had, I had the dates written down and everything where I was like, I've got time. I've
2: got time. Yeah.
1: I did not have time. So yeah. I will never like preset a date for that. Not for a novel like that again. I only pre-sold. I didn't pre-sell very many um, eBooks anyway. And no.
0: uh I did a pre-sale period
1: for quite pretty things and I sold zero, pre-sold
0: zero Kindle. I've only done, I've done one long pre-sale thing with Abbey Savage City I had for a month. Mm -hmm. I pre-sold like one copy and that was only because I'd written the novel a year beforehand so I didn't have to worry about getting it ready in time. It was already done. Once and I
1: can't, like you said earlier, I cannot sit on one. Once I'm done with it, I'm done. And I'm also one of these people, I'm a terrible human and I should not do this, but I do not do second drafts. I write a book. I send it to my editor and we publish it.
2: I'm done.
1: I can't, I I cannot read my own work. So I could not force myself to go back. I'm
0: guessing you must edit as you write a lot though, right? Or is it just Um, like, what stream of consciousness, write it, the editor can sort it.
1: I, I feel like my writing is fairly clean. My editor may disagree. Um, (laughs) I mean, the fun product's amazing. (laughs) There are a couple of things that like, uh, I do over and over again. And I try to teach myself to not do it because I see her edit that every time (laughs) and I can't help it. So most of it's just, I just, it's kind of stream of consciousness. I just write, I mean, occasionally I'll like reread the chapter I'm on or something, you know, just to kind of, or if I have to change something or whatever, but as far as like finishing it and Hey, we're going to start at the top. I cannot, I can't, it makes me sick to read my own stuff. (laughs) Like, I'm like, who did this? And Google Docs is like, oh, you edited this at 4.02. And I'm like, oh, it was me. You
0: know, like, I can't stand it. So, no, i must edit my books about four times, I think, before I send them to the editor. Like, I'll go over and over and over and over Ah. until I've got it. Which is why I can't set a release date, because I have to be happy with it before it kind of goes to the editor. And then she can sort the grammar and all the punctuation mistakes and all of that, but... Yeah, the story, I'm
2: sure
0: my editor hates me. Well, I mean they must work well with you because your writing's fantastic. So well, she's wonderful. Okay?
1: She is she is fantastic. Like I don't know what I would do without her. She's amazing.
0: <laughs> have you had the same editor since the beginning or
1: Yes. Uh it was it was weird because she the I think let's see. She edited my debut for me. Um and She, I don't think she had edited edited anything before that, so it was kind of her first go and kind of my first go, and we were kind of trying to figure things out together. And then I don't feel like we ever agreed on it. It just yeah. So now she, and of course now she edits for other people as well. Um, But yeah, it just kind of became a thing. So nice. But I wouldn't have anybody else. I don't think I could handle working with anybody else because i
0: am used a little to way don't you like
1: i'm a i'm a little persnickety um about like if an edit if i feel like an editor's changing my voice at all like i would yeah. rather you let an error slip and it not change the way i'm trying to say something yeah versus it being perfectly composed and she's yeah. very good at like she she's like you know if you want to leave this for like stylistic purposes you can yeah. And like it doesn't offend her if I like leave that or, you know, whatever. Cause I do, everybody writes with a specific voice, you know, and we're not, you know, I'm from freaking Tennessee. So everything's <laughs> yeah. not going to be just this perfect, you know, and she gets it. And so that's been amazing. It'd be really hard for me to transition to somebody else, I feel like.
0: Yeah. I've worked. And so you don't need to if it works that well. Yeah, I hope, I hope I never have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if, um, obviously, Quite Pretty Things is the one that you really like, but if someone was going to start kind of reading your work, and where would you point them to begin with? What are the kind of one or two novels you would say, like, best kind of defines what you've written so far?
1: Um, well, if they like extreme horror, I would recommend try, giving Blue Jay a try. Um yeah. And if they want something that's not as extreme, my most recent release uh, really blends a lot of different elements that I like and a lot of different styles that I use when I write. Um, So it would be a really good one for you to kind of dip your toe into what I do.
0: And what was that one called again?
1: Uh, Lovely Dark Indeed.
0: Lovely Dark Indeed. Cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they should start with those too then. Just a good... Yep. (laughs) Get a a good... uh, idea of how everything goes and what I do excellent uh well yeah I think I've probably taken up a fair bit of your time now but it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's good it's good chat to you, yeah and just yeah like I said that the whole idea of setting a free date does terrify me so it's interesting hearing from someone who's been like yeah no I wouldn't do that again no 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 no, no. <laughs> there's <laughs> only people that kind of live off that sort of thing and it works really well for them but yeah, it's nice knowing that it's okay just to not do that yeah. as well
1: it is fun I will not do another one that was my second trial and uh I'm done <laughs>
0: so <laughs> not for me Excellent. well thank you very much for chatting to me and yeah I will uh kind of put links into a couple of your books and point people in the direction of the new one and of Blue Jay which I absolutely love as well so
1: thank
2: you okay, all right.
0: thanks for coming on the show I'll speak to you again at some point
1: all right thanks been fun
0: see ya